0: Episode seventy nine of Wolvescast, Cast, the show that is passing along the NBA's longest playoff drought to the Sacramento Kings. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil, and I'm
1: Playoff Bound
0: Scott. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Take Indeed, that it's been twelve years. They're
1: going to pass our fourteen years. They're not going to the playoffs for the next two years. You know, <laughs> they're, they're going to make that fourteen year
0: record. Pitiful. That's right. There's a new a new low in the NBA, and it's, it's not the Wolves it's anymore. Not us, it's not ladies us, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That's right. The Wolves uh, kicked it finally.
1: And I'll I'll drink to that. We're a drink of choice in the studio, the brand Clink. new studio, by the way. Clink. Yes, first, first time in Casa del Neal, Neal's uh, new brand new home.
0: Yes, we have champagne uh, because it's a new home, a new a new Wolves cast studio, but also obviously because of the playoffs. So I'm in a celebratory mood today. Mm sipping it. We're having a good time. We're, we are uh, recording a podcast uh, marking the end of the regular season and uh, for the first time in 13 years talking about the postseason Ooh. for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Thank you for joining us everybody. We're back. It's been longer than a week. We put out a show uh, one day early last week so mm-hmm. yeah we're on the eight day, eight day off right now but we're back today on the show. Uh we are going to talk about the final uh four games of uh the regular season and especially that game 82, the game that uh happened Wednesday night uh a game that's definitely going to go down as a Timberwolves classic. I think um, unforgettable. The, unforgettable, the overtime and everything. Uh we are going to uh talk about uh you know the playoffs being clinched. Uh we have a sponsor. We're going to predict it. Uh we're going to predict we're to look back at the, the regular season and our predictions from the season uh the stuff we talked about preseason back in October and stuff September and uh see 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 if any of that came true and then also uh predict what will happen. In the playoffs, in the series against the Houston Rockets. We'll do weekly Wolfies and we'll have a game. It's all coming up on Wolf's Cast, so make sure you stick around and uh, listen. We got a jam packed show. It's on. I can confirm the
1: new podcast uh, is as swarmy as the la- studio is as swarmy and hot as the last one.
0: Oh, still hot in here. That's good. Yeah, keep, we're keeping you warm. It's keeping uh, the temperature high. It's uh, unseasonably cold still here in Minnesota uh, here in, in uh, mid-April. So
1: we had a decent day today. It was like 50s, but yeah. uh,
0: we're gonna get a snowstorm again tomorrow. So fun, fun time. Fun, fun. But hey,
1: whatever. We, we got the sunny positivity. <laughs> Of the wolves going to the playoffs, oh, yeah. so excited It'll about keep that. us warm through this extended winter. I couldn't even do digests last night oh. because there were so many great tweets. <laughs> That's why it was just a fun day. Of there's so much joy on Tim Roll's Twitter, and there's too many like great iconic tweets to even start
0: assembling them into a digest. Indeed. Uh, okay, so a week recap. We got to uh, break down um, the last four games of the season uh, after uh, after our last episode. The, the wolves have played four games. Um, they lost uh, in Denver on uh, On Friday, uh, then uh, turned around back to back and won in L.A. and then came home to win two games at home uh, Monday against Memphis and uh, Wednesday just the other night, of course, um, against Denver. So finished the season strong, three and one. Jimmy Butler back three and zero after he came back. Yeah, he was he was back for all of those, but didn't didn't play in the Denver game. But at least he was sitting on the bench in in uniform. For so. Sure. Back in some senses, I guess, but it was really good to see the Wolves, uh, you know, take care of business and uh, you know go three and one down that last stretch. Would have been
1: nice to win against Denver last week, and we wouldn't have to have the stress. But without the stress, we wouldn't have gotten that all time classic of a game. So I mean, you can look at it that way.
0: All four of these games, I mean, obviously game eighty two against Denver, which we'll talk about, you know, last year, and we'll get into that in full court press in greater detail. But all of these games were a new level of stress, a new level of of regular season importance. Uh, I think that was that was the most interesting thing about the last week. I think,
1: listeners, I cannot repeat the words that came out of my mouth last week when Carl Anthony Towns fouled out in Denver with like a minute left, <laughs> just ticky tack stuff. Yeah, it was rough. A lot of bad ticky tack calls on him then, and I was cursing up a storm at my computer because <laughs> I thought that was some major league. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was rough right there. And yeah, probably cost him the game right down at the end. But uh, of course it did. Jokic
1: got that that,
0: uh, rebound that Towns would have been there for. So, uh,
1: you know, the refs wanted to make it exciting. You know how the league is trying to invent drama to get the
0: ratings up. So they're like, we can't let the Wolves beat Denver now. We need it to have some drama. So they cheated. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting just, you know, how intense these games were and to see the, you know, see how the Wolves poise would be in these situations and, you know, especially on the road, you know, in in LA playing a game, you know, against the Lakers who are, you know, I don't think they have their pick this year, so even though they're a bad team, they're, Not, they're they don't have anything to they're, they're going for it. For it. Yeah. You know, they they're playing, you know, I think they're missing Ingram and Ball, but still they had Thomas. young guys who are really going for it, so um you know that that was great game to have.
1: It's one of those games we usually let our guard down in and right. get beat. So I'm glad we didn't. And same with Memphis. Um, it's yeah. nice to blow them out for once. We get really that revenge we game. really destroyed
0: them, and that felt really good because yeah. they they punked us twice this season. <laughs> um, cool. Anything else broadly on uh, on last week, or should we just jump into full court press? Let's jump into full court press because we got something big to talk about. Here's the tip. <laughs> Full Core Press is here, and uh, first up, we are going to discuss Game eighty-two against Denver Wednesday night, the the game, uh, the, the marquee game. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, only the only third time in NBA history where there was a uh, you know win to get in type six, of game. Six times. Oh, okay. Um, it's
1: still very low. I don't mean to make that seem like it's not as important. Yeah. Like, it's very rare. I was surprised at how rare it was. You would think this would happen. Win more to often.
0: get in. Um, yeah, there's often you know meaningful games last week of the season, even even um, you know last game of the season situations that. That means something, but it's more of like seeding gets decided and both teams are going to be in. That kind of thing is, or is like, common.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, if the Thunder beat the Grizzlies, then they're in or something like that. But the Grizzlies didn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's very rare to both teams when to get in and lose if and you're out if you lose kind of thing for both yeah, teams. It's both. very rare. So it provided uh, something that we don't see very often, and I was happy to be at the center of it.
0: But something you see in baseball a lot, right? Like oh, that's, uh, yeah. Very that, common in baseball. You know, they
1: do that wild card the wild in game. game. Yeah, especially since they started that five years ago. The twins were there last year. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of drama. I'm not sure I'd call it the playoffs, uh, just like this wasn't the playoffs. It's the play-in yeah. game. But uh, it's, it sure is a lot of fun. Uh, what this kind of reminds me of, actually, uh, Game 82, as this game will be known probably, uh, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Twins game of all time was 2009 game 163 mm. oh. against the Detroit Tigers. Not to be confused that. with game 163 the year earlier, where Jim Tomey beat us with a solo home run in Chicago. <laughs> ah. This was 2009 at the Dome. In the Dome, it went like 14 innings. There was so much roller coaster game shifting. Like you know, there's at least five or six moments of that game where it completely flipped the odds for the other team. It's one of the most exciting games that i ever remember with the twins i'll always remember it it's one of those times the games and shouts to listener frequent listener and uh twitter follower uh hank zimmerman henry uh did you see his tweet last night no 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 he took off running outside his house yelling (laughs) the timberwolves are are in the playoffs and like running down the street that's exactly what i did when the twins won that game i just (sighs) took off outside the house ran down the street screaming and so i it really was like this is what that moment is like you know and and just like I've never forgotten any of the things that happened in Game 163, I think Wolves fans will remember Game 82 for a long time.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one to remember, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. I guess I'll put uh, I'll put uh, Hank's uh, tweet, yeah. tweet in the show notes, so you, can, you guys can watch him uh, running around. But yeah, Game 82, uh, we were not at the game. We were uh, here at the new home. New Wolvescast Studio, um, watching the game with uh, uh, you know guest guest host Robert Brewer, um, who will be hosting the next couple shows for us as I leave town, leave the country. But uh, so you know, the three of us were here watching the game. Uh, Neil, and, why uh, did you choose to not go to the game? I, I mean, yeah, I guess it was it really was a decision, and I didn't. I don't know. I guess I thought I made sort of made the decision over the weekend. I thought, well, maybe I'll go on Monday. It'll be a little cheaper. So I think the uh, only thing I could say is that I, it would be ex- too expensive to go or something like it was. uh I don't know. I, I didn't think I didn't think too much. Like, oh, I have to be at this game. To me, um, you know, you and I a couple days before the season ended uh, bought playoff tickets, yep. and to me, that was sort of what I was going to do instead. I guess it was. Yep. I don't know. I wish I, I wish I could say it was uh, out of confidence so that I was like, nah, it's going to be okay. We we'll, can we'll buy playoff tickets instead. But I guess that was sort of my thinking. is just put that money towards playoff tickets instead of go to Game 82. But
1: um, Yeah, last yeah. weekend I was thinking about it. Caroline, our little sister, emailed me a deal from the Red Cross. Oh, yeah. get. 25% off off your tickets if you use promo code Red Cross or whatever for this game. <laughs> and so they were expecting, obviously, not to have it be very well sold, you know? Yeah. If they're offering discounts and yeah. stuff. Yeah, So I was like, you know what? I'll wait until Monday and we'll see what happens with the Grizzlies before I decide if I need to go. And then, like you said, we bought playoff tickets game one and two. real hit to the pocketbook. Happy to do it. Happy <laughs> yep. to do it. Yep. But it was one of those things where I was like, well, I did shell out the money for the playoff tickets. Better save a little bit of money here last night of the season. Plus, I thought... And this is just a minor thing. I'm not sure if my heart would take it if we lost. Like I'd be so sad. I would have been so sad to be in the building. Like Yeah. The way totally. you Totally. Remember when when we were there for that Memphis the most recent loss to Memphis? Yeah. And how like you just get this pit in your stomach in the last three minutes when you're like we're going to lose this game, aren't we? And it just is a bad
0: feeling that I didn't want to share it in public. Yeah, and, and what I'm thinking about, is this isn't a game I was at, but weren't you oh, – okay, no, we were there together. There was a Lynx game where we went to the uh, WNBA Finals a few years ago. Uh, maybe it was 2015. or No, it was one of the years they lost because they lost game one at home, and they like hadn't lost a home ah. game in the playoffs, and it was so like – Crazy. It was a really bad feeling. I think that was Indiana. Was that the yeah, one where we yeah.
1: threw her jacket? Maybe. the or so bad? Maybe, yeah. I was at the Game 5 of 2016 finals. Oh, so that where, was the one, yeah. Where we lost on the offensive rebound at the last second. Yeah, K. That was also a punch in your gut kind of like... It's one of those things where you like why do i like sports why do i do this <laughs> exactly
0: and i don't know I, I just wanted to watch it with you and, and and robert and uh we had some other friends uh jared and polham were going but um i don't know i kind of again moved into a new house but yeah decided to stay home and uh but that was really fun to watch that way and again yeah it was an intense game the whole game was very intense the wolves were only up by maybe you know eight ten points at most something like that so it wasn't like they were ever that really far ahead and Man, it was a battle of a game. There, these teams were hitting each other hard. It was, it was a very physical game. Uh, it was intense. I like that
1: we controlled it for most of the game. We were ahead, and then at the very end, they came back and took the lead. It's like, no, yeah. oh, this would be how it happens. Yeah, I was upset with Jimmy Butler for his hero ball at the end. A little bit. I was just like, this is what killed us in Brooklyn was that stupid hero ball shot he took, and then he took another really stupid shot. It's like that can't be the shot you wanted, Jimmy. Why didn't you try passing it once? But it all worked out because Taj Gibson saved the day, saved oh, the season. One of the I most mean, iconic moments in Timberwolves history. Maybe you know, I, I
0: mean definitely of this season, but over you know you know when you put into you know the magnitude of this game, you, that strip on 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 Jokic in the corner really has to go down as one of the big plays in, in Wolves history, and just saving the game, really. I mean, you don't know. That would have been a tough shot for him to hit, but just to get one more shot before before regulation um, and in the moment, it was just so huge. It, to, felt,
1: it felt huge.
0: Yeah, because yeah, uh, it at least put the game into overtime. But, and yeah. also, it was very athletic. I was saying
1: how much hustle it is not only to get the strip, but then he took that extra step to control it. That was that was something. I thought he was just going to strip it and go out of bounds, Nuggets ball again, but he took that extra step and controlled. I can't believe it. Literally. So impressive. But it's just, it, it's a, a play that exemplifies everything that Taj has been about this season. Yeah. It was so, that was the biggest thing when people are asking me, Hey, Scott, are they going to win this game? What do you think? I would say yes, because I believe in our father, Jimmy Butler, to deliver us, and he did. But the, I, w- I always had the caveat if Taj can't play because he's too injured, that been a then problem. we're in trouble. That would have been a problem. Taj is the glue. On yeah.
0: defense, and he had a huge game for us in so many ways. So yeah, Cat was great, uh, Butler was great, and uh, obviously Taj is doing a lot of little things playing through injury. That's just crazy. And then you know they get it to overtime, and and uh, you know we had uh, briefly take the lead. Oh, yeah, no. back and forth a little bit. Uh, Jeff Teague with the floater, and um, and then there was a lot of free throws after that. You yeah. know, Jimmy, um, you know. Uh, it went uh, one for two and then Wiggins hit two for two those were huge biggest shots of his life biggest free throws of Wiggins everyone young was career. so happy for him afterwards yeah cat, yeah, yeah. cat
1: in the locker room said so it was the biggest moment of the Baller game
0: Butler said it on the mic in front of the whole arena in the post game interview that you know Wiggins right. hit the biggest two free throws of his life so him giving dap to, to the young gun right there it so felt I like good.
1: that it felt good also yeah. I called it when he went to the line I told you Neil I was like
0: he's gonna make them both and he did and they show the graphic on it this is like 66% on the season or whatever it's like oh Man. And that was the controversial one where he had passed the ball to Jeff Teague. Yep. And, and then- they kind of called the foul sort of in between. It was very sort of nebulous of who really should Wiggins be shooting? And they just gave him the shots, and sure enough, he knocked him down. Him. That was that, scary.
1: That's a good way to get people to stop talking about your problems at the free throw there line. There you go. Hit hit the clutch a, a Shaq would say,
0: I hit him when they mattered. Yep. <laughs>
1: it never mattered more. <laughs> never mattered more. I was really happy for Andrew, though. He's had a tough season adjusting to his role change. He probably has t- the biggest role change since Butler came over. And uh, we've obviously seen him struggle, and the fan base has not been nice to him. Because of all of that. So I just, I felt really good for the kid. Anything else on uh, Game 82? Um, Of course.
0: Shout out to Drew Wiggs, man.
1: Right, he's finally listening. That's right. Shout to Drew Wiggs, man. All right, let's move on. All right, well, next up we have... He's hitting up. We're going to talk about clinching the playoffs. They That's are, right. They are clinched. The streak is over. It's a wrap on that. There was something magical Uh, about the people who posted their photos to Facebook of the final moments of the game. (laughs) And then the screen immediately said clinched. Large Uh, letters
0: on the scoreboard. So cool. Yeah, so you could always see that. Yeah, clinched. But uh, yeah, just just sort of want to talk generally about sort of what it means and, and how big of a deal it is. Obviously, you know, the longest streak in the NBA, 13 years. Um, you know uh, after the game Jerry Zagota is asking all the players I watch like his video he's he tells the player how old they were when the last time you know oh, just funny. over the last couple of weeks I mean you, you did the you know quiz a few weeks oh, ago yeah. on our show with the you know facts about you know how life was and in, in, in the world you know in 2004 when the Wolves last made a playoff experience you know it's just stuff like that all that stuff has been going on of how long it's been and, and it's just crazy to to finally have that monkey off the back I think yeah, I think one of the most uh,
1: poignant things that I said, uh, we'll link it in the show notes. There was a Canis piece previewing the game about the 14 years it's been. Okay. And I think it was Charlie Johnson who wrote that he was like maybe nine years old at the time and he got taken to a Western Conference Finals game with his dad. Wow. And it was like a moment, but with that and a little basketball tournament, and he was, as a kid, you should read the article. Uh-huh. That moment is what clinched uh, him to be a uh, basketball fan. For yeah and so that's like one of those things where for you and me I even was you know I was going through my head mentally preparing what it would be like if we lost and I was kind of like having rationale like you know what we'd be back next season you know it was an absurd season with so many successful teams yeah, and kind of giving me myself reasons to like be okay if it's we soft, lost a blow. You know, Yeah, trying yeah. to prepare myself just yeah. emotionally for that Yeah, and um, I just think it, it underscores like how much this means to other parts of the fan base like how many kids now who saw that last night are going to be Wolves fans going forward
0: yeah you know? they get to go to a place Playoff game, they get to experience a winning team, a team that's actually um, good and, and, and competitive and doesn't lose, you know, every game and stuff. So yeah, that definitely goes a long way beyond beyond just this playoff appearance, you know, beyond just you know making it this year or sort of you know being the eighth seed or whatever. It's it's bigger than that, and and that's something that you know I've seen on Twitter a little bit, a little bit of pushback from a couple of people. I saw Zach Harper, you know, at Talk Hoops, uh, you know, retweeting some people who are saying. Oh, you know the wolves should you know they should get that draft pick, you know, oh, and, well. and and those are people. I I was thinking about that as like, what kind of person do you have to be to sort of like value the the draft pick over? This playoff experience, and the only thing I come up is like they don't live here. They don't. They haven't known this franchise long enough because you know, as we'll talk about later on in the show, it's not going to be a pretty playoff series. You know, we we we're playing the best team in the league. We're playing one of the best offenses the NBA has ever seen um, in the Houston Rockets. (laughs) Sure, so it's going to be a bloodbath, but. That doesn't matter. Even if the wolves get swept, this had to happen. This is so much bigger than sort of those things as far as a you know a draft pick and stuff goes. So
1: yeah, there are people who are not emotionally tied to the team. There may be people who intellectually like to follow. Yes, I remember thinking this about other teams like Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta goes to the playoffs every single year. Sure, misses out every single year. They have a middling roster and they just can't seem to get over that hump. And for that team like that, you're like. Yeah, maybe it is better to get a lottery pick than to get a first-round exit in the playoffs. But that doesn't pertain here. That doesn't apply. It's been too long (laughs) here. Like, this is the kind of thing that this basketball needed in Minnesota or else we were going to get to the point. Like, if this rebuild failed... Then I think the team would probably leave Minnesota. You know, like yeah. that's just how much people stopped caring about the Wolves and how much you know everyone cares about the wolves, I mean, the Wild and the Twins and the Vikings bet more now because it's been so many years since we've had a successful run. I just don't think you can. It's not the same level emotionally. You need to make the playoffs every few years to keep your fans invested. Exactly, and that's more important than a number fourteen pick. <laughs> yeah, you know? really. Yeah. So totally.
0: I, I get why people would say that, but that's crazy talk. Um. Yeah, anything else? Playoffs clinched? Uh, obviously, we'll talk more about the series uh, coming up next, but uh, this big is a picture weird thoughts.
1: Thing. This is a weird thing. It's a little picture thought uh-huh. the other
0: day. <laughs> a little. You know how the gas stations have
1: lighters with the team logos uh-huh. on yeah, them? Of you course. Know you of course. And in Minnesota, you've never been able to buy a Timberwolves one. Trust me, I've been looking. Yeah. You can buy Twins, Wild, Vikings. It's not popular Go to other states. You're uh-huh. in Chicago. You can buy a Chicago Bulls lighter because uh-huh. they love their Bulls. I think this is the kind of stuff that gets you a Timberwolves lighter at your gas station. In it's the coming future, soon. You
0: know, it's, it's coming soon for sure. All right. Speaking of lighters, he's on fire. Last right. one here. That was a good segue, Neil. Um, there you go. Thank you. Uh, last, last thing here, we want to talk a little bit about the regular season in review. Just looking back in general. Um, last episode of Wolf's Cast, uh, you can listen back to last week's show. Uh, we had, uh, we did power rankings, and we had uh, our top. What was it? Top eleven, top ten uh, moments. Uh, we ranked the, the top moments of uh this season. So we don't need to talk about specific moments, but this one uh we just want to talk a little bit about uh overall feelings about this year. And um for me the the, the most Im- important and lasting thought about this year will be sort of the fan base's response to finally being good again and how they don't don't they don't the fan base doesn't really uh, didn't and us included sort of I feel like doesn't really understand how to um to to be around a winning situation and and how to navigate the ups and downs of those things I don't know May, I think it's just because we were in it obviously for the first time in a long time but. I felt like the swings were very, very high, very low. You know, the, the swings were huge. And it wasn't indicative of what I imagine it would be like to be with, you know, a team, maybe like a middling team, even like Portland or something like that. It was sort of like makes the playoffs every now and then, you know, wins a series every now and then, that kind of thing. And I feel like the Wolves, it was just so interesting and so illuminating this year to sort of be a part of the, the discourse around the team. It was kind of intense and maddening at times this yeah, year, I mean, it was... So interesting.
1: We log, uh, we linked to uh, what's wrong with the Timberwolves, the Canisupas piece last week. Yeah, and it's something we talked about all season, and something I predicted before the season very presciently. I would say I have that foresight. That's just like a psychic, um, incredible. Predicted coming I up said, soon. We're not used to having expectations and pressure, and we're going to respond to that in, yeah. a, in a different way. Uh, it'll affect our enjoyment in a way that it's almost sometimes. More fun to cheer for a bad team because you don't have expectations, whereas we had expectations, and every loss hurts more, you know. And every win, it could be. Remember that early season where we'd get up big and then we'd win a bunch of games by like two points. Oh yeah, and how tortured we were over that. Being like, <laughs> we should have been winning better. These are bad wins, you know, and stuff like bad that. Wins, and uh, um. that was the thing. You know, there's been several panics. The first panic was we're blowing fourth quarter leads and barely winning games. The uh-huh. second panic was Tyus Jones is better than Jeff Teague. Third panic is. T- is t- but playing these guys too many minutes. Fourth panic was Derrick Rose. Fifth panic was Andrew Wiggins. You know, so and, and, we've been through different phases of panic.
0: And I season. get a lot of that. A lot of that is like the normal sort of the, the, the narratives that come in and out of the season. But just how intensely everyone sort of overreacted to these things with no regard to, this is the big part for me, and I tweeted about this last night before the game, no regard to sort of the overall big picture of like how well the season has gone overall. Even if we were to have lost and be out of the playoffs, this would be a very different podcast. We'd be very sad. We'd be drinking for different reasons. I saw that tweet. I saw that tweet after the game. I was like, what a loser tweet.
1: (laughs) I know. Preparing yourself for failure. This is what
0: I'm talking about, though, is just not preparing for failure, but just like it just seems you have to, even though, it, even if we would have lost, it would have been sad. It, take that and and look at the whole season as we're doing right now, and say, you know, the the they won thirty one games last year and won forty seven this year. Like that's a huge uh, accomplishment, right Teams there. Don't usually make and that joke. It seemed like that was never a, never something to be positively looked at this year. It was always the minutiae of the game to game stuff like mattered way more than the Timberwolves finally being good this year. I and think it was something very that
1: worried people too was that. That we were mortgaging the future to win now. Yeah, and if we're doing that, are we good enough? Like, if if we mortgage the future to win now, we better be good. Right, right, and right. Not just good enough to make the playoffs, better but maybe good enough team, to yeah. like contend and go far. And I think that people are freaking out about that because there is a window on this now, this time sure. with Jimmy, Taj, and Teague. But I think that we didn't really mortgage the future. I mean, as nice as it would be to have Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and Laurie Marketing, I suppose, it's mm-hmm. kind of like those people aren't really what your future is. And if you want Zach Levine, he's a restrictive free agent. He can offer some money, you know. But we still have our future because it's in Towns and Wiggins. And in some ways, we have fortified that future by making sure those guys get a taste of playoffs when they're young and get a taste of what, how competitive you have to be to bring it in every night. And I think Wiggins and Towns probably have a whole new respect for that. And they're the only thing that matters for the future yep. five years from now. you know. And so I think that that was a source of stress for fans, feeling like we have shortened our window and we have to win now. But I think our real window, our window has begun.
0: We're going to make yeah. the playoffs starting every now. year starting yeah. now.
1: And I yeah. think that, you know, obviously it'll be great if we go deeper next year, have a healthier team, maybe. But I think that we also have to keep our eyes on, you know, when
0: Towns is 26 and when Wiggins is 27. I just think it was an inexperienced sort of fan base. You know what I mean? Like, we just have no, sure. we, we just collectively have no experience in what this is like. And we were kind of grasping at straws and how to deal with all this all season long. It was fun. I mean, a lot of it was, uh, you know, stressful and a lot of it was, I was kind of bummed by a lot of people's response, but it's fun overall to sort of like, like have that experience and yeah and overall it's a good thing and i think we also
1: talked about how you know you can find any kind of reaction you want just depending on where you're sure, looking sure so maybe some of the people in yeah. some circles that we follow <laughs> are negative but other people in the other circles are not so it's just kind of
0: what you focus on you know in some sense like that yeah, so it was it was a fun season, uh, you know, lots we'll of ups and downs. It now, now it's
1: easy to remember it as a success. You know, Easy, yeah. They honestly, made the playoffs. even if we get bounced four games, even if we get swept, we're getting swept by an amazing historic, historic team. Historic team, yeah. I don't want to get swept. You know, that's not what we're saying here. Yeah. But I think at this point we have to view this season as a success.
0: Yeah, so good season. It's in the books. Memorable season. 82 games. Got they, some great memes. They did. <laughs> Some great memes, some great Jimmy Butler content. Towns and Towns and uh, Butler were all stars. That's another thing I'll think about. is first first all star season for for Towns, that kind of stuff. New era, Neil. New era. New era. Here we are. Uh, cool. All right, let's get to uh, sponsor. Time to pay you those what bills. I realize right hmm. now it was the jerseys.
1: KG leaves. We switch to those jerseys. We never make the playoffs. We get new jerseys, make playoffs year one. Mm-hmm. New look, new era. So that was the jer- the curse of the jerseys. Eyes so on the we'll rise. To that
0: All right, time to get the sponsor. Today we have uh, sponsors, very timely, very relevant to uh, the current situation uh, with the Timberwolves. Today's sponsor is the NBA Playoff Manual. That's right. This manual is um, really, really something that fans have been putting together, and um, you know, fans from other teams have uh, taken notice of the Minnesota Timberwolves this year, and and uh, you know, their first time in the playoffs in over a decade. and and you know they're right to assume that Minnesota Timberwolves fans don't really they need some they need to be caught up on what it's like to be in the playoffs these days. There's certain there's certain things you need to know. There's certain bullet points that are important. Certain things that need to be kept in mind uh, as the playoffs uh, begin here this weekend. Kind so like an etiquette handbook, exactly. There's uh it's it's not a huge um you know uh, document here, but um it's definitely got some important things in here. We got we got uh you know little tips. Like the series doesn't start until the home team loses That's right Yes Once you flip the home court advantage,
1: anything can happen That's when the real basketball begins Oh yeah You know what? There's a whole chapter about how every play matters Every
0: single play It
1: gets magnified because these games mean so much These are the plays that you'll be re-watching all summer long In
0: the regular season, some of the plays don't matter Some of them are throwaway plays
1: there are a lot of throwaway plays there's that great ESPN story I think it was ESPN that was about how like how some players take plays off being like, oh, you, yeah. get, you get this
0: rebound it's cool come on you can't do that in the playoffs not in the so, playoffs you know uh, also, weaknesses are magnified in the postseason. Talk about that with, uh, you know, we'll see what happens to Ricky Rubio. That's right. uh, here. Everyone's always said, once he gets to the playoffs, people are just going to lay off him. He's in now. Uh, you know, those those weaknesses, they'll be magnified. You know, yeah, the teams have, uh, you know, you play the same team over and over and over. So, you know, the coaches can key in on, on your weaknesses. So you got to be careful for that. Another thing that's, you know, some playoff wisdom
1: for you is to... Whoever wants it more is going to win the series. Oh, yeah. That's what determines who wins the series. Shouts to Kings of the North, our friends with their NFC Division podcast. Robert, our guest host, is a host on that. It's a common refrain from uh, Matt Pullum, another friend
0: of the show on that show. Whatever team won is the team that wanted it more. The NBA Playoff Manual wants to let us know that it's all about adjustments. Okay, there's, uh, like I just said, there's, there's many games, same team. It's about what you do in between those games that really can set you apart and can really you know steal you a win or two here or there. So make sure you're making those adjustments in between games.
1: Neil, I dog-eared this page in the manual, actually, because I think it will oh. be relevant when we oh. go to our games next week. Okay. Game, games three and four oh. will be here. And you know what It happens in the playoffs. Maybe you don't. It spends a lot. We don't know. There are T-shirts on every single seat. Oh, they yeah. always got T-shirts. I've
0: seen it on TV, but never in person.
1: And so be aware that you're going to want to wear that shirt. I know you're going to have some fancy you know we like to we like to look nice maybe have a cool jacket on maybe we maybe like our gear. jersey but remember when you get to the stadium don't wear it to anything too bulky because you're going to want to pop on that gear we have free shirts so that we can have a white out or a blue wash or
0: whatever it is you know whatever color they decide to go with i hope they go green that would be fun <laughs> a green out a green out a it green might be out. coming they'll, you know they'll be doing something yeah so make sure so uh, don't
1: wear anything too puffy because then it'll just look weird when you wear the shirt over the top of it
0: alright something else that's uh, interesting about uh, playoff games is every game is on national TV mm. uh, so uh, make sure that uh, you make a sign or do something notable again maybe it's in something you wear or I don't know what it might be but make a sign it's probably going to get on air it's probably going to you know c- catch that cameraman's attention um, so make a sign these games are on national TV off
1: the top of my head, maybe a CP3, and then it has this, the C stands for choker. Ooh. And then show, like, Chris Paul, like, never making it to the Western Conference finals in his entire career.
0: There you go. That's a beautiful one. That's a
1: free idea for you. Mm mm-hmm. um, Another one is to take the letters ESPN and make them spell something. You know, I'll leave the creativity up to you. I'm not going to dictate. What we'll you post make. some
0: examples, maybe.
1: Playoffs are where rivalries are born. Yeah, they are. You know, we've said for years that the Timberwolves don't have a real rival because you don't have rivalries if you don't have anything at stake. But things get spicy in the playoffs. Fights, tension tensions are up. I think Carl anthony Towns and Clint Capella are going to get into a little skiff, skirmish, uh, you know, some kind of tit-for-tat fight out there. And that's what starts rivalries that last for entire careers.
0: And finally, the NBA Playoff Manual ends uh, with the final chapter that gets kind of deep, all right? It gets kind of intense. You know, this this whole document sort of, you know, you know, starts small and kind of leads up to the big stuff you have to right at the self, end. not only intellectually, emotionally, but also spiritually. So the final chapter is all about the idea idea of preparing yourself for the existential crisis of achieving a major goal Yet still feeling empty inside That's Yeah right. it gets kind of sad Sometimes you you can focus on something for so long It's your
1: goal It's what you have been striving for And when you get there you realize You still have to keep living life and, and keep going on the next day And you're still the same person you were before And that maybe there isn't one thing That will make you feel fulfilled Or maybe there's nothing that will ever make you feel fulfilled
0: In that kind of way And that the fight that is living Will have to continue being fought Every day into the future so it gets real deep at the end you guys gets real deep and dark but that's what it's like in the NBA playoffs apparently we don't know yet it's about to start we'll see
1: today I woke up feeling celebratory but there you if, go. You, if you wake up feeling
0: empty that's probably why alright it's the NBA Playoff Manual make sure you check it out at nbaplayoffmanual.com you can get your own now that uh, Timberwolves fans are part of the playoffs uh, you can get yours too check them out NBA Playoff Manual thank you so much for sponsoring this week's episode of Wolf's Cast. and up next it's time for Predict It We'll predict it We'll predict it We'll predict it We got a crystal ball up in here We'll predict it We'll predict it We'll predict it We're making educated guesses about future events For the last time this season, we are going to predict it Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, we are Uh, predict it. Time to look in the crystal ball
1: playoff edition,
0: playoff edition.
1: But before we talk about our predictions for the playoffs, yeah. we hold ourselves accountable here because you always want to know what your shooting percentage is. That's right. You're taking shots. And so we're going to review some of our uh, predictions from earlier in the season and uh-huh. see how we did.
0: Yeah, we made predictions uh, way back in uh, October, right before the season started on a couple different things. Um, and so we got to check in on those. We've been checking in on some of our in-season predictions, but these were some predictions that we kind of made for to go over the whole length of this season. Um, so first of all, I predicted that uh, Andrew Wiggins would lead the team in made three-pointers this season. <clears throat> it was wrong. Carl Anthony Towns, he made 123-pointers this year. He led the team. Uh, Wiggins, I think, was... Third or fourth, he had one twelve. Yeah, I Wiggins mean, Downs
1: really turned it up this season. Shot forty two point five on the season. It turned wow. up his volume too. You know, yeah. it took, I think three or four per game. So that's that's good numbers, my friend. That's big. <laughs> There's not anyone doing like I just saw the stat. Uh, Towns is only the second player in NBA history. Larry Bird's the only one who has ever averaged 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and shot 50, 40, 85. Amazing. So, and if you if you turn it up to 12 rebounds, which is what Towns averaged, he's then he's the only player who's ever <laughs> Yeah, done that. yeah. All right. Uh, well, my prediction, my next one, it was the starting front court
0: will make more threes this season than the back court. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, I did the math here. Just grabbed them all. Uh, from NBA.com and, uh, wow, you got, you got this one uh, very, very close. Towns, Gibson, and Butler combined for a 197 three pointers. Gibson had seven, by the way. Ooh. So. <laughs> I needed every one that of them. That was more than I probably would have guessed. I probably would have guessed like four or five. I'm su- kind of surprised he made seven during this year. I remember yeah, pre-season, preseason he made and like three. The I was like, I oh. was talking about it
1: in the preseason. Nah,
0: seven. Uh, but, and then Teague and Wiggins had 196. So 196 for Towns Gibs, Gibson Butler. Or excuse me, 197 for Towns Gibson Butler. And 196 for Teague and Wiggins. Pretty good for Teague and Wiggins to have those two. Though. That's Te- true. Teague made more threes than I thought he would this year. He had like 80 or something like that. So... Pretty good for him, hey. Correct is correct. Um, okay, and then we we predicted uh, win totals for the season, and you boy, uh, well, he got it right on forty-seven. And I it, predicted forty-seven. Go back. I should have grabbed the clip where I, where I said it, but uh, uh, it's in the doc here. We, we wrote down what we predicted. So unless I said something different than I wrote down on, on the show, I guess uh, you know we'll see what the tape says. But your, uh, <laughs> your other boy got it wrong. <laughs> I said 42. 42,
1: a little bit lower. To, I was trying to – one, I thought it would take a while for this team to gel because there's so many new pieces. We hit the road running. I was yeah. also worried about an injury, which we did have, but – A couple we, of them. We did better with uh, you know the eight weeks that Jimmy yep. – the 17 games, Jimmy was gone. We were one game under five hundred in those games. That was great. So that was way better than I could have predicted earlier the yeah. season. Very happy with that result, actually.
0: So yeah. It's so one that's, of the ones I'm
1: happy to be wrong about now. Yeah.
0: So I think the wolves so the wolves at forty seven was Vegas forty eight though or forty eight and a half or something. They I think the, they mm, were think just so. short of the Vegas line. Vegas um, was a little overconfident on this Yes. Line. Yes. But again, yeah, it was uh you know something that you know the that the, the Vegas yeah, I mean the, the hard to hard to do with the with the injury and stuff like that. That's that's hard. They would have been over. I mean they would have been yeah, if he stayed they would have been fifty. They, yeah, easily. They would have been fifty. Easily. Um, cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this series against Houston. Uh, before we get to our predictions. let's let's discuss it. What's gonna happen, sort of what do we see? Uh, what are some things that we're looking for um, here in the series that starts. Uh, game one is Sunday night. Uh, The nightcap game, last game on Sunday evening um, against Houston, getting tipped off there. Uh, What what, what are we looking for? What's something that you're thinking of uh, when you think about this series against Houston?
1: Well, it's tough. Um, Here's what I'll preface this with. Yeah. Um, we always thought coming into this playoffs that there's only two teams we really didn't want to be matched up yeah, in. Yeah. I would take our, our team against Portland even, you know who have oh, played yeah. great. I would, I would predict a winning series against any team in the West besides Golden State and Houston. I could even talk myself into it with Golden State. They're playing poorly right now. They have a lot of injuries. Steph Curry's not going to be playing in this round. So even that would have been nicer than being matched up with Houston. But the one thing I've always said all season long is, you know who has two chokers as their two best players? That's Houston. <laughs> James Harden choking every single season. You can yeah, you know, prove me wrong. Well Harden has always melted down. Even the time they got to the Eastern Conference Final or Western Conference Finals, Kevin McHale had to bench him that game and Corey Brewer was like the hero of the game. Harden, notorious choker. Chris Paul, we've already talked about. He hasn't even been to the Western Conference Finals. So I know it's a narrative, but maybe it's true. You know, I like to think that, you know, maybe these guys aren't great under pressure. They've never proven otherwise during their entire playoff career. And I know last year everyone was like, oh, Harden got run down this season. That's why we needed Chris Paul so he doesn't play such heavy minutes. We'll see about that.
0: Maybe. These guys, you're right that they do have trouble getting to the highest levels, but we're in the first round.
1: Yeah. If this was... Uh, it's usually round two. That's an choke. argument it's Usually a little bit later. <laughs> um, so that brings me to the negatives of this series. <laughs> we got torched by the Houston Rockets all oh, four games. Man. Zach Lowe tweeted today, they scored 130 points per 100 processions, which is actually just a gif of fire burning. You know, <laughs> Like it is insane. That is way above the best offensive team in the league. Yeah. They killed us and i said on the pod this is the only team that we've played this season where i said we're not in the same league as these guys like they are ahead and tails like above everyone else in the league in terms of just like where they can shoot ryan anderson was shooting half court shots against us all season and just making them. you know there was just nothing we could do it was the losses that i didn't even feel bad about because i was like yeah we're we're so clearly outclassed by them.
0: there are some regular season series you always see that before a playoff series regular season series and and sometimes I feel like that is more relevant than others. Um, there's a lot of teams listen to some playoff previews today, and a lot of teams sort of only played earlier in the season, and they haven't seen each other in months, or so-and-so is out for certain matchups, that kind of thing. I don't think any of that necessarily is the case in, in this Wolves-Rockets series. Uh, I believe Butler played in all the games. He got injured, got injured. in the last one. Um but the Wolves are basically a full strength for, for each of their games against Houston. Houston, I think, was as well. Paul maybe missed a few of them, but that just gives more power to them. But I, I really do think that the 4-0 beatdown that we got from the Rockets is indicative about of what is to come here in the playoffs. Right. And I think that is the regular season series is something to look at and and, and really does give you ammo for, for how you should predict this series because just the way they play, I mean, they dice everybody up. It's not just the Wolves. It's not just a bad matchup for the Wolves. The Rockets are the title favorites at this point. You know, they uh, are the odds on money to win the whole thing. So, you know, they're going to give everybody trouble. They're going to spread everybody out. They're going to, you know, knock down so many threes, and Capella's going to be rolling to the hoop, and whatever. All these things are true. So, and the the Wolves are just no different.
1: If I were to ask you, what are the two things that the Wolves are worst at on defense? What
0: would you say? (laughs) Well, number one is uh, transition, transition Mm. defense, getting back on D. And number two, uh, defending the three point line, Scott.
1: Oh, no. This is a team that runs. And shoots threes. That is not ideal in terms of the matchup. Yep, so um, that's unfortunate. That's why we got destroyed by them during the regular season, and that's what's so discouraging about this matchup, is that the things they do well are run the floor and shoot threes. And those are the two things we're the worst at. Oh, boy. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more energy because this is the playoffs. And once again, Neil, they killed us in the regular season. But Chris Paul and James Harden, regular season players.
0: We talked about with with our sponsor the whole idea of making adjustments, but it's actually something that I'm legitimately excited to see if, Tom Thibodeau has up his sleeve. Adjustments. What can what can he do? This is his first playoff series with the Wolves. What is he going to do in the situation? He's, He's going to ice guys towards the baseline, and then they're going to pass that. Back I mean, out he gets a, a bad ice. he gets a bad rap, and rightfully so, for being stuck in the mud and a little bit old school, and he he does his things his way. But what about in a playoff series where you're supposed to make changes in between? I think something that's big is switching. This is something that the Rockets have excelled on all season. The Rockets get all the love for their three points, best off one of the best offenses ever. But the Rockets' real change for this season has been their defense, and a lot of it comes down to their switching mechanism they switch everything capella paul pick and roll they'll switch it doesn't matter uh so that's something that i think it'll be interesting to see how the wolves do it but it's also i want to see them switch plays when they are on defense um here in this series and it's not something that thibodeau ever really wants to do stay in front of your man get back to your man no switching is usually the play so, I, But I think it would be interesting to see what they could do in a, with a little bit more switching, and I wonder if they will go to that against Houston to kind of match them with that. But I don't have high hopes for what Tibbs will do as far as these adjustments go, but I hope to see something out of him. I hope to see some sort of, because the Wolves are going to lose a couple games, and what are they going to do? They have to change it up. They can't just try to do the same thing and, and get a win. So that's something I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Are we ready to make predictions about the series now?
0: Let's get in. Let's get into it. Um, First,
1: let's predict uh, the record. I mean, the series. The
0: series. Uh, I'm going to go Rockets in five. I think Jimmy Butler. um, You know, he looks great coming back from the injury. I think he. um, You know, we think he can lock down um, uh, James Harden well enough. I think the Rockets, with their reliance on the three point ball, maybe that you know they can have a really bad off night, and the Wolves can maybe get Game Three or Game Four. home but um sadly i don't see the wolves winning more than one game and i think it'll be a five game series what about you
1: oh i think you're right neil i think we'll win one maybe game three i think was the best one i think everyone's going to predict all the national talking heads maybe even the local talking heads will predict rockets sweep or rockets in five and i don't want to be normal so this is something that happened to me last year. I talked about it on the pod. My Northwestern Wildcats went to the NCAA tournament for the first time in their history. And so I filled out two brackets that year, one for winning and one where I filled out Northwestern going all the way to the title. Because I just never had the opportunity, so I had to take advantage of it. And for that reason, I'm going to predict Wolves in seven. Got, Wolves in seven. Scott's predicting it. you got to have the faith. You heard it here first. It's been so long since I've been able to predict that the Wolves win in playoff series. I don't want to miss my opportunity. I'm not going to miss my shot to do that. And plus, if they do win, I'm going to look super smart. I'm going to be like, everyone's going to be like, nobody believed in them. And then we'll we'll just play this clip over and over again. Wolves in seven.
0: Wolves in seven. Wolves in seven. All right. Rockets in five for me. Wolves in seven for Scott. Uh, we want to make another prediction about anything else. Um anything else in this series uh, I'm going to predict the Rockets will make 25 threes in one of these games I don't know which one but uh, I think uh, you know the average like 45 attempts uh, per game in the regular season um, the most they made in a regular season game was 23 I think uh, given the Wolves sort of uh, history of this season of not defending three-point line well um, I think the Rockets are going to be ready to go, and, and there's going to be a 25 three-point night uh, in-store for Houston. So that's my other prediction for this series. What about you?
1: I'm going to you know, say that Andrew Wiggins is going to continue his confidence after making both of those free throws. And for the entirety of the playoff series, he'll shoot plus uh, uh, above 70% All from, right. from the free throw line. He's Moving up. Going. Before this year, he was a career 74% shooter. This year he's in the 60s. And I think for the playoffs, he's going to get that clutch gene And I'm going to say plus 70. Um, For his career, he shot 74% from the line, 60 this season. So I just think that in this series, I wanted to say originally that he could get up to that 74, but I'm just going to hedge my bet a little bit and say he's going to shoot plus 70% all playoffs long.
0: All right, there you go. Those are our predictions for this season, uh, excuse me, for this series against the Rockets. Go Wolves in the playoffs. No matter what, it's just cool. They're there. Um, We're there. They're getting that experience. That is that's huge. I think A, you know experience for towns, for Wiggins, for Tyus Jones, to be in the playoffs, to be competing at this next level, um, and to just be getting those reps uh, for the future. That's that's what's just so huge about this. So even if things go extremely poorly, I uh, it's gonna be all right. It's all it's all gonna be good. Chalking it up. So um, excited about that. Uh, the playoffs tip off for the Wolves Sunday night. Make sure you're tuned in. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Time to get to our weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your weekly Wolfies. Award time. Timberwolves making the playoffs, but uh, we've been giving out awards all season. We've been giving out hardware. It's a weekly thing. It's a a weekly, weekly thing. Wolfie. Um, I'll get us started off. Um, We had news today, uh, college basketball news. We don't really dabble too much in the college basketball world, but I wanted to show some love to the Gopher women's basketball program today for hiring none other than Lindsey Whalen as their next Women's basketball head coach. Wow. Um, definitely a surprise, definitely a shocker coming down, (laughs) coming down today, especially today as we record this, the WNBA draft is happening today, tonight. And, uh, you know, just to have that come out right before the draft is sort of weird, but, uh, Definitely a shocker. Lindsay will play for the Lynx uh, this season. I believe it will be her last season with the team. Um, and then, yeah, she's going to transition into the NCAA, back to her alma mater. And I think it's just a really smart sort of – uh out of the box kind of move you know she has no coaching experience ever um you know she you know was just a great player and a great basketball mind in my opinion and and it's so interesting because we i gave her i gave Lindsay whalen a wolfie earlier in this year for her work on the broadcast with with jim and dave i thought that would be the direction exactly yeah so interesting that she kind of maybe this was an opportunity that came out of nowhere or something but it seemed like she was gearing up for you know calling women's basketball games or calling nba games with Jim and Jim and, uh, and Dave Benz, but uh, she can still
1: do that down the road. Maybe when yeah. this opportunity yeah. lands and it opens up for you, you got to take it.
0: You got to take it. I think
1: it's a smart move for the women's basketball uh, for the Gophers. Um, this will probably help their recruiting
0: to have multi multi time champion. That's a huge Whalen, yes. Recruiting for your team, WNBA legend, just coming might... to your house, sit down with you, and have dinner with your family, and you know talk about that's the Gophers. That's a big
1: problem in women's basketball is the recruiting skews so heavily to the powerhouses. Like UConn. okay, yeah. So um, I'm encouraged by that. It'll definitely make it more interesting for us locally. And you know she's a winner at everything she does. So I just can't see her failing. You know she's
0: been learning under Reeve. You know under Cheryl Reeve, one of the best coaches of all time. So so, you know, even though she hasn't sat in that seat before herself, you know, she's had good tutelage and she's been in the game a long time. So I think it is a out of the box, kind of maybe a little bit of a risky move for the Gophers, but I applaud them for that. That's really cool. They're doing something different to bring in a current WNBA player um, uh, to come in and, and, and be your gof- coach. Go for legend. Go so for like. legend. Banner hanging in, in Williams. I can't, so.
1: I can't wait to see her get like tossed from a game for <laughs> Christina. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I'm uh, so excited for her.
0: All right, Scott, uh, who gets your weekly Wolfie this week?
1: You know, we've talked about it. It a little bit and I think he's getting a lot of accolades properly but Taj Gibson once again just I want to I want to recognize you can't be overstated I can't believe how how wrong I was about that signing we we were not psyched about that signing we thought he would maybe have been a little bit post peak Already, you know, maybe didn't think it was decline. good fit with towns, and he had the best season of his career. He yeah. was vital, uh, as important as Jimmy, actually, in terms of uh, changing the culture of this team. And I, I don't know where we would be without Tosh. You know, at least ten. I think we'd have ten more losses. So solid, him. just so solid defensively. He's just he's the glue, and uh, I know people have said it before, but shouts to Tosh. I bought a jersey yesterday on the Timberwolves team store. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the towns in blue. <sighs> So I ordered a custom one. It's fine. It's only a couple bucks more. Yeah. And I saw that you could order a custom one of anyone. So I see people being Any like, player. where are the Taj Gibson jerseys at? Where are they at? Well, they're on the line. You got the whole just, team. Just order yourself one. <laughs> There's some good sales going on.
0: Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, Taj Gibson. Just just great. I mean, just providing on both ends of the court. I think you know, I saw. Just defense and just offensive putbacks. That's how the Wolves got a lot of their points this season. And a lot of that's
1: due to him. I think I saw uh, that ask Taj about whether he's going to be good to go. For the game, the Todd said, "I'm from Brooklyn." Was his response, and that's all Tim said. Was, he's, that's what he told
0: me. He's from Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, we go hard. That's right. Number 67. The NBA is only 67. All right, uh, those are the those are the Wolfies for this week. The awards have been given out, uh, but yeah, let's. uh We got one more thing to do here in the show, and it is play a game. Of course, we always do that. So here we go. We're playing a game this week, Scott. What you got? What you got for us? What do you have prepared? I sometimes a, I know. Sometimes I don't know what you have prepared today. I don't. I have no idea where, where, where we're going. Where are we going? We're going to the playoffs, Neil.
1: Okay. <laughs> and so we're going to have a quiz about the Tim Wolves in the playoffs and our players on the team. Okay. I know Wiggins and Towns and Tyus have never been, but we have some guys who are playoff. Jeff made it every year. Taj Gibson has too. <laughs> oh. So let's get into that. First, Neil. I know this might be a little hard to come up with off the top of your head. How many times have the Wolves gone to the playoffs before
0: this year? Wow. Okay, so I bet they. I think the first year they were there was either '96 or '97. So '97, eight, nine, zero, one, two, three, four. I think this is number nine. Let me say that this is the ninth trip to the playoffs. This oh, is the ninth trip. Yeah, great it. job. '97 was the first year. Nine. Uh, yep. All right,
1: you, you nailed it. Um, I don't expect you to get this one. Neil, how many? Playoff
0: games have the Timberwolves played? Uh, playoff games. Wow, it's, it's hard to get it right on. Um, I'm trying to think of how many they would have won. The first couple of years, they probably only won. They've only gotten out of the first round once. Only gotten out of the first round once. So, how many games have they played in, or how many have they won? How many have they played? How many have they have played? Uh, nine times an average of. Wait, this would be eight. Eight times four. Um, let me say they have had thirty-eight playoff games it's okay Neil it's 47 ah,
1: I, I didn't expect you to get it right but it's important you know, for people to realize we've played 47 playoff games for later <laughs> in this round 47 total playoff games Yep. alright Neil I'm going to uh, tell you the teams that we've played in the playoffs we played the Rockets the Supersonics the Spurs the Trailblazers the Spurs for a second time the Mavericks the Lakers the Nuggets the Kings and then the Lakers for a final time of those teams, Neil, can you name the two that we beat? The two teams of those that we won a series against? I'll tell you again. This is from first. I mean, actually, I'll just tell you again. It's Rockets, Supersonics, Spurs,
0: Trailblazers, Mavericks, Lakers, Nuggets, Kings. Uh, well, we definitely, I think uh, the two teams we beat were um, the, I, I, okay, so I want to say the Mavericks and the Kings were the two teams that we beat halfway right then. <laughs> yeah, yes, so we beat the Nuggets. The nuggets, round. nuggets, Nuggets, so, Nuggets. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah.
1: Um we also the first time we ever went to the playoffs was against the Rockets, they swept us in 3
0: games. Oh yeah. But the, oh, yeah, back in the in the best of 5. Yeah, best of 5 days. I always say go back to that. I love the best of 5. Uh,
1: yeah, it, I, I think that sometimes it, First, for the really long. uneven matchups, you know, it's like, I don't want it this year because that would mean only one home game for us. Yeah. I want to go to them both. But some years you see like the Cavs versus the Bucks or something, and it's just a blowout. I meant to say Nuggets. I remember Marcus
0: Camby was on that team. That's right.
1: <laughs> All right, Neil, I'm going to give you the name of five guys on the team who have been to the playoffs before Jimmy Butler, Jamal Crawford, Taj Gibson, Jeff Teague, and Derek Rose. Cole Aldrich and Air Brooks have also played a few games, but it's not relevant. Okay, are <laughs> right. not very many games. Of those five, can you tell me which one
0: has played the most playoff games? Uh, probably would be Jamal Crawford, right? He's been in the league longest. Sixty-nine games for
1: Jamal Crawford. All right. Next Who's up next? is Jeff Teague with sixty-six. Oh. Taj Gibson with sixty-one. Derrick Rose has forty-one. Jimmy Butler has thirty-eight. Wow. Alright next up Neil Of those five players Three have made it to the conference finals Unlike Chris Paul (laughs) Can you name the three of the five Who have been to the conference finals
0: Conference finals Three Wait you're saying three of them have Or five of them have Three of the five have Three of the five of of these players Have been to the conference finals Um, Jeff Teague um, Derek Rose And Taj Gibson that's correct Yeah Rose and Gibson
1: Went against the LeBron team In LeBron's first season In Miami Famously Had a great series Wow And then uh, Jeff Teague was there In that season Atlanta and Racked up uh, like 50 plus wins Yeah they were great All five of their starters Were all stars And then That was a great season But they got destroyed By LeBron In the conference finals <laughs> Alright And then finally Neil Let's go with What do you like more PER or win shares Oh boy PER Alright Of those five players Who has the highest PER in the
0: playoffs highest playoff PER Um, PER typically favors big men so I'll go Tosh Gibson on this easier for the rebounds and stuff Ah. Jimmy Butler wow
1: Jimmy Butler has uh, uh, not only the most PER but the most win shares by far he's got 17 PER 4.2 win shares in the playoffs Jamal has 13.5 PER, 1.4 win shares, which is crazy yeah. because he played by far the most games and has by far the fewest win shares. <laughs> um, Taj has a 15.6 PER, 3.4 win shares. Teague has a 15.7 PER, 0.1 above Taj, and also has 0.1 above him in win shares. He has 3.5. And then Derek Rose, second on the list in PER with 16.8 PER, but only a 3.3 win shares. Yeah, so. Wow. That is just uh, – so we got some got some playoff-tested people on our team. That's why Tibbs brought Teague in famously. He's got that playoff experience. He's there every We'll year. see how it works out. We have three guys on our team
0: who've been to the conference finals. That's more than Chris Paul has been <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, that does it uh, for Wolf's Cast this week. Appreciate everybody joining us. Um, Wolf's Cast Digest will be up on Friday here as you listen to this. So head over to Canis Hoopis.com. Check that out. That's always up there. Some fun links and uh, stuff to watch that you might have missed from this year. Obviously, it's a it's it's a historic week in Timberwolves basketball. Gotta say that. It's, feel it's good. It's, it's it's for real. I want to
1: shout out Van Myers uh, at My Fan Sanity on Twitter. He had oh. my feeling today when walking to work, and he posted that clip from Five Hundred Days of Summer where <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt's like <laughs> doing the Hollow uh, <laughs>
0: notes on yeah.
1: Ooh, ooh, you yeah. make my dreams come true. And there's a whole <laughs> musical number, and I saw that, and I was like, yeah, that is how I'm that's feeling how, today. That's, that's, that's exactly how, how I'm feeling.
0: That's how you feel. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely been a great week. The Playoffs, uh, game one, tips off on Sunday night. Uh, I'm off uh, to go overseas to play some shows, but uh, you'll be in the capable hands of Robert Brewer and uh, Scott here. They'll take care of you for the next couple weeks uh, in the playoffs. We'll be going games and uh, getting all the reports. uh, from all that so it'll be a good time so, yeah, so hopefully uh, you continue to uh, join us on the show uh, next week and beyond as uh, however long the playoffs go, I guess. We'll keep, we'll keep the We'll still coming. be playing
1: when you come back, Neil. Just watch. I'm going to keep making uh, these predictions. Wolves, Wolves and seven. seven. Wolves That's right. <laughs> next round will be easier. But we'll get to play like somewhere like the Pelicans or something. It'll be a step down from the Rockets. It's going to be great. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, come to Darby's. Uh, it's a bar. We do trivia every Tuesday at 6 p.m. We'll be having it this week, so come on by. I'd love to see you there. Draw a basketball by your team. you get an extra little point for that because you're a podcast listener. And uh, you know what? Get excited, folks. Go ahead. You know, treat yourselves this week. Doesn't matter it's the Rockets. Just get excited. No it's matter be a great what time. happens, have fun. Treat yourself. Get all uh, worked up about it. And, you know, make some funny signs. Because that's
0: Cause right. It's ESPN. They'll show that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week with another show. Hey, the dogs are coming out. Halftime act. One of the best things of all time. The dog halftime act. One of my favorites.